Hello and welcome to episode three of Stories Not Stereotypes, the East Cobb Chronicles. I'm Nikki Moffat, an Australian living in the micro-community of East Cobb outside Atlanta in Georgia, USA. Google says a stereotype is a widely held but oversimplified image of a particular type of person or thing. It says stories, on the other hand, are an account of imaginary or real people or events told for entertainment. It seems then that stories would be richer, more complex, interesting, and perhaps more fun. So wouldn't you rather hear the stories? That's what we're here for. I love talking to people and I enjoy finding out their stories. Through the East Cobb Chronicles, I'm trying to bring to you the stories that are behind the apparently widely understood stereotype of East Cobbers. A Cobber being a person who lives in East Cobb and by happy circumstance and coincidence, an Australian word for friend. In episode three, I'm chatting with Rachel, another Australian who's found herself living in our community. She has been here longer than me, and perhaps not unusually for an Australian, has some very firm viewpoints on the local stereotype. It must be admitted we did get a bit off topic. It may be the first time some of you have ever heard of a thermomix, but it was really fun and there was lots of laughs. Here's Rachel. Thanks for joining me, Rachel. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. So today we have Rachel who talks a lot like I do. So she's also Australian, but she's found herself in East Cobb. Oh, yes, I have. So how did you get here? Um, I moved here from upstate New York. And before that, I was in Connecticut. And before that, and I was in Rhode Island. And before that, I was in Norway. And before that, I was in Australia. And all of that was due to my ex-husband. <laughs> okay. So you met your ex-husband in Australia. Australia. Yeah. And he was Norwegian. He was. He still is, apparently. He still is. Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> and then you moved to Norway to mm-hmm. be with him. And then he moved, you moved together to yeah. work in the US. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much right. So are you a US citizen? I resident? Am. Yeah. Since 2008. Congratulations. Well, thanks. So you don't have to have a green card anymore. You've got like a whole citizenship That's thing. That's right. It makes things very easy. Are you dual citizen? I am, yes. So okay. are the kids. Keep the passports. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry about that. <laughs> and so how long have you been in East Cobb? So you moved to Atlanta from the north. Uh-huh. Um, let me think about it. That would have been about nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. And was it a culture shock? Yeah, it was, but I think in a good way. I think it was a, a good move, yeah. I like the, um, the f- different kind of friendliness that you find in the South. Okay. Yeah. So that it's real? You think it's real? No, no. Not in any way, shape, or form. But it's nice for people to say, oh my God, you have a nice day. Or, oh, you look so, you look so pretty. And, like, I love hearing that, even if it's not genuine. <laughs> And when you moved here, did you move straight into East Cobb? I did. Oh, no, that's not true. We had a, like a corporate apartment for a few months in Dunwoody. Okay. And that was interesting because that's like an artificially, you know, it, that's, that's the height of artificiality because it's so new, I think. All right. So, yep. Yeah. I find East Cobb a little, little bit more realistic but only slightly more realistic than Dunwoody and realistic compared to what because realism is really about where you are at any given time is oh it not? my gosh I didn't realize this is going to get existential it's not okay good I can't even spell existential 
Um, just, I mean, real compared to Australia. I think there's okay. a lot of pretense, yeah. That, you know. So I sometimes can think along those lines. And then I think, well, when, when was the last time I lived in Australia? That's true. That's true. I'm sure things have changed a lot. And, you know, I do notice that when I see pictures of my friends on Facebook, that they are looking a lot more American nowadays than they... Did. Back <laughs> yes. in 1993, when I left, you left in 1993. Yeah. Oh, hold on a minute. No. Oh, when was it? 1997. I left. Sorry. Okay, 97. Yeah. I'm looking more American. What's looking more American? Just they're much more groomed. I don't know if you remember 1997 in Australia, but nobody had their hair highlighted. Well, not anybody I knew, anyway. That's like you're a little bit young. You didn't need any highlights. Oh, that could be true too. But like people getting manicures and having their hair done, and you know always dressing very nicely my friends were like the t-shirt and shorts crew and we're kind of borderline hippies so i guess we all grew up that's kind of depressing. and now they've all gone american on you they have they have highlights and their nails and they you know they lovely cocktail dresses on facebook so <laughs> i know i'm just as i'm just as guilty because you have highlights no, no gosh you don't no, have highlights no i don't have highlights <laughs> I only have the natural highlights, also known as grey hair. <laughs> and you get them from your children? That's exactly right. <laughs> they ruined me completely. <laughs> so you, you um, unfortunately, you got divorced when you were living here in East mm-hmm, Park. That's true. And But you stayed here? I did, just because of the kids' school. All right. Yeah. So they stayed in the same schools? They did, yeah. And that was the right decision for them or for you? I think, well, not for me. God, if I had had, you know, if they hadn't com- had ties to the community, we probably would have moved somewhere different. But I think it was the right decision for them, yeah. Where would you have gone? I really like in-town living. I like maybe somewhere with a little bit more of a liberal kind of political philosophy. Okay. That kind of... It doesn't get me into trouble living here, but it's something I'm very aware of. I tend to keep my mouth shut. Okay, that's very good. Because yeah. before we leave the house, my husband always says to me, you know, you can't talk about this. You can't yeah. talk about that. You can't yeah. talk about yeah. But I find the people I meet are very open. I'm interested in why people think a certain way. Sure, but it's just when they begin to try and convert you to their way of thinking, <laughs> I just kind of check out. So I found it easier and less draining to just not discuss certain things. Okay, so that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that we're investigating as part of this podcast series mm. is whether there is an East Cobb stereotype. And so I'm asking people's opinion on if they think there is one. I absolutely think there is one. There, I mean, and I have to be honest, I think this stereotype is somewhat accurate. Okay. Yeah. You want me to define what it yeah, is? Yeah, I do. Called? Okay. All right. Well, I would say it's generally, you know, upward middle class, stay-at-home mothers for the most part who enjoy playing tennis and lunching with their friends and then going to the hair salon and getting their highlights and their manicure. And then um, they're just in time to pick up their children from the bus stop and bake cookies and, you know, do a Pinterest project before they, you know, do a five-course gourmet meal for their husband who works in finance, probably in Dunwoody or Midtown. And this, it just seems very repetitive and superficial. And I think there's a lot of 
front. It's not, I don't think that there's a lot of substance to a lot of. And do you, so that's the stereotype and I, and I would agree to a point that that has come out in conversations I've had with people. Sure. Not the five course meals, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody's always a foodie, a foodie. (laughs) And cooking and baking and stuff. But probably I noticed that because I'm a terrible, I'm not a terrible cook. I don't enjoy cooking. So I notice it when everybody else puts a lot of time and effort into the cooking. I have to so. say I was volunteered to do the sugar cookies at the, for the Christmas party at school last year no. for the class. And I think I've been vanned. I think there's a photo of me in the school that has a big cross. I've never asked this person to do sugar cookies again. Oh, really? Because they look like, to- like, they almost looked pornographic in the shapes they were. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it all just came out wrong. And then oh, the no. icing I had was dripping off the sides. Oh, no. And all the parents are like, who did the cookies? I was like, me, I did the cookies. Yeah. Never ask me again. That's exactly what would happen to me. So that's why I stick strictly with Betty Crocker cake mix in a, in a packet. And you just throw some cupcakes with some of the jar of frosting. You throw that on the top and you're done. That's See, baking is big here. I don't bake. I don't I'm bake not either. a baker. No. I wonder why that is. I, don't I know have many two Australians. ovens, but I yeah. do not bake. I don't know many Australians who bake. I don't know what no, that's about. No, I, I don't know. I know a lot of Australians with thermomixes. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's got a Thermomix. I just wonder how well Thermomixes would go at East Cobb. Oh, I think they'd... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I just... If they ever broke into the market, I'd like to be the one to be able to sell them because I'd be a millionaire in a minute. Yeah, I wonder why they haven't come to East Cobb. Apparently, it's something about... What's the other one? Um, uh, vi- vi- KitchenAid or kitch- oh, something... The one that you can No, Vitamix. Vitamix. Vitamix, yeah. And everyone says you can do it in a Vitamix. I said, no, you haven't seen a Thermomix. No, you haven't. A Thermomix, like, does everything. Yeah. In, a, in one bowl. Exactly. You can make ice cream and a steak tartare and the same thing. And I do, but I think the, um, Vitamix has some kind of... Um, um, patent or something in the US market, oh. and so they can't sell thermomixes here. God, it's a conspiracy. So I suggest everybody go and look at thermomixes online. Yeah, and you can probably run and across there's probably them. a petition you could oh sign. Oh my gosh, yeah. Now you're thinking. And you can buy them from Canada. Oh, really? So Canada has them. You've so it's really... a little bit like pharmaceuticals. Like, <laughs> probably order them across Probably the cheaper. Maybe cheaper too. I don't know. They're $2,000 in Australia. That's, I. I wouldn't pay $2,000 for a kitchen. I have to say, I went home at Christmas, I mean, not Christmas, um, in the summer, and every kitchen I went into had, had one in it. It sounds like a cult. It Well, it is a little bit like a cult, yeah. I think, yeah. which is kind of, you know, I, some people can get on board to that kind of thing. <laughs> you so want one. You covered the Thermomix. I, I don't, because my sister-in-law has one. I was like, what do you do? She's like, oh, well, I do. I can make cheesy mite scrolls and i can do pizza bases and i i made this mashed potato i'm like can't can't you make mashed potato in a saucepan with with a masher a wooden spoon even exactly (laughs) but she swears by it like she everything the kids lunch boxes are filled with thermomix baked goods right there you lost me (laughs) yeah no i'm the worst worst east cob mother that there is honestly let me tell you 
This week uh, was St. Patrick's Day, and my kid was not wearing green. I I totally had no idea it was St. Patrick's Day. I did not, like, do any green festive things. I didn't pretend the leprechaun had come. There was no leprechaun traps. There was no green glitter in my house. And I get to work, and I'm, you know, taking a break. And I look on Facebook, and I see every other parent that I know has done some, you know, massive project for St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, oh, shit, my kid's not even wearing green. He's going to get pinched. Well, my son's favorite color is green and i would say 85 percent of his wardrobe is green nice shorts (laughs) t-shirts long sleeve shirts his jacket is green like his whole his whole life is green because he loves it Uh and on st patrick's day he did not wear green oh my god oh good and he got pinched all day and he came home and he was a little bit upset about that see uh, that's what my greatest fear is that i'm going to traumatize my kid because i just like checked out of these kind of east cub stereotypey kind of things you're supposed to do like i'm like oh god but well i went to um my daughter comes home and she was wearing some sort of multicolor thing. She said, no, look, it's got a tiny bit of green. <laughs> that but I went to school. It was like there was an island was at the school. I know. And the leprechaun traps. For the love of God, I don't have time to make a leprechaun trap and or you... pretend the leprechaun's been. <laughs> All right. So you talked a little bit about the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And I hear you on that. And do you know any people who you think are like that? <gasps> yes. But do you like them as people? No. <laughs> No, no, I don't think that they're bad necessarily, but no, they're not the kind of people that I want to spend any prolonged period of time with. I know a lot of people like that. And that's one of the reasons I'm trying to move out of this car. Love it. Love ya. Love ya, but I can't stand to be around ya. Um, No, yeah, lots of women. I used to play tennis back when I was a stay-at-home mom before I got divorced, and all of the women on my tennis team, bar maybe one from California, was true to this stereotype yeah well i see i play on a sunday team and Mm. i was scared to join a thursday team Mm. i am a stay-at-home mother at the moment Mm -hmm. so i own that (laughs) and i want to say the things that you said i don't cook five course meals i do be home to pick up my kids from the bus i do play tennis during Uh the week so i own the parts of the stereotype that i am but i don't think i am the stereotypical but you know i talk funny and i have different views on Mm -hmm. a lot of things so Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of it (laughs) i think it's easy to stereotype but what it really is is that that is the the sole content of most people's conversations is their tennis team or their children's travel baseball team or you know the food that they're cooking there's that's what i struggle with is that there's no bigger thinking. We There's don't talk no... about what's going on in the Middle East this week. Or... No, no. And going back to, because I'm scared to talk about those kind of things because I'd get a lecture on, you know, how I'm a communist or something of that <laughs> nature. So I try to say, maybe that's, this is all my fault. I'm just starting to see you. Oh my gosh, I'm having a bit of an epiphany. I'm having a breakthrough. It's like therapy. Okay. It's all my fault. I got it. Got it. Well, but you you are very active. You know, you're a single mom, so you work full time. You've got two kids at school. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot going on. I do. Uh, but you spend a lot of time in East Cobb as well. I do. When, when you drive back here from your mm. job downtown. Mm-hmm. It's true, yeah. So what are things that you enjoy doing in and around East Cobb? I have made some really good friends um, in the running community. And yeah. we spend a lot of time running together. And honestly, I really enjoy the company of those people, even though 
some of them are quite close to the East Cove stereotype. But I think maybe because we're talking about running and nutrition and things that I'm interested in talking about, I kind of overlook the fact that that's the, our soul. You might vote differently. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever have an opportunity to get into that or, or I don't have to each listen. other at yeah. church. Or... Exactly, yes, gosh, you've touched on religion now. No, <laughs> no we can't, we're not no. allowed to talk oh, about God. that. <laughs> can't talk about religion. But yeah, no, we never have an opportunity to get into those kind of topics that would, you know, prove to be contentious. So, yeah, no, I really enjoy the company of those people and, you know, and so where, where are some good places to run around East Um Park? We actually go over to... And just then, when Rachel said Roswell and went on to say lots of fantastic, amazing things about running and the, along the Chattahoochee, I pulled the microphone out and lost the flow of the conversation. It took me a little while to realize I'd done that and plug it back in. And so I tried to edit it and fix it up and cut it. And so you wouldn't be able to tell, but I couldn't. So the best thing I found to do was to own up to my mistake and add this little piece in the middle to bridge the conversation so you will know what has happened. So now we return to our conversation with Rachel about running. Okay. All right. It's working again. Cool. Cool. All right. So you run in Roswell down the Riverside Drive. That's right. Yep. You can run all the way up to the end and back and then rack around the corner down to the Chattahoochee Nature Centre. And that's all on path, right? Oh, for the most part. There's like a little bit of road, but it's a quieter section of road, so it's not super dangerous. But it's pretty busy with people. Yeah, that's true. Well, you've got to get up at the crack of dawn, and we run at 7.30 in the morning. Okay. And you run 10 miles? No, I only ran five today. Okay. Only five this morning. (laughs) I was struggling to get to a 9 a.m. lacrosse game. (laughs) So you could sit in a foldy chair? Yes, I sat in a foldy chair. And the lady behind me is actually, she commutes uh, weekly. She works at eBay in in, in California. Wow. And she flies in and out. And she, I offered her my spare chair and she said, no, I I sit down too much. I was like, oh, I never sit down. I sit down all the time. So she stood up for most of the match because obviously she spends well, she does two flights a week oh and then gosh. all the other time that she does. So That's dedicated, man. You must really want to live in East Cobb if you Well, do. no, she's just moved to that role. <sighs> and I think that they're moving over the summer. They'll move out to California. Okay, that makes sense. They want to live by the beach. Who doesn't want to live by the beach? I certainly do. <laughs> So East Cobb will not be forever. No, in fact, we're looking to move relatively soon. Okay. And that's for commute purposes? Pretty much. And also, I knew that there was a a finite time period that I could actually live here. Just, you know, it doesn't have the, the, like the amenities and stuff that I enjoy. Like I like, you know, running trails and there is some here, but I think, being closer in gives you more options and I like going to nice restaurants and you know arts kind of activities so nice restaurants do you think there's any in East Cobb I think there's a few yeah yeah I do enjoy seed and there's some great restaurants in um historic Roswell which isn't too far from East Cobb I know we call it East Cobb we claim it yeah we totally claim East Cobb East Cobb East (laughs) East Cobb East that's what we should call it sorry Fulman we're just going to cut this little bit off and give it to us yeah it's with yeah you're Australian you've Mm -hmm. lived in the north and the south yes monograms Oh, God, they're obnoxious. 
<laughs> Sorry, was that too strong? Is that too strong a reaction? I used to think they were cute on kids and like on your handkerchief. So it's like, you know, my dad still uses a handkerchief every day of his life. And I'm like, monogram on a handkerchief, that's classy. But when you have your handbag and your forehead and your headband <laughs> and your tattoo on your bum of a monogram, I think it's just a bit too much. But having said that, oh God, I have to admit to this now. I do have an L.L. Bean ice tote, boat and tote monogrammed pool bag so yeah oh, there you go i've succumbed i've caught the monogram fever i think well if you go to the pool you have to have your bag monogrammed you otherwise, do, obviously. how does anybody know whose bag it is because everybody has the same ll bean tote so you're <laughs> absolutely right it must be monogrammed <laughs> god and as an australian this is also a little bit strange to me but you've lived here longer than me summer camps you mean sending your kids away? Yes. Or, well, oh, away, locally, whatever. Yeah, that, that was surprising to me too, that you don't want to spend any time with your children. That like the only opportunity during the year to actually spend some quality time with your kids and you ship them off because you can't actually stand being around them. That's, that was surprising to me, but I'm kind of getting on board with that one. <laughs> I'm totally on board. I'm looking at you going, what? <laughs> but see, I went to boarding school from age 11. And I loved being away from my parents with my friends. <laughs> sure you would. Of course. And why like wouldn't fun. you? Yeah. And I think they were totally fine with seeing me once a month. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. See, that's the thing. I actually like my kids. I know that that's strange and a yeah. bit of an anomaly, but I do. I don't know how much they enjoy spending time with me, but I enjoy spending time with them. So. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell them that all the time and give them big hugs. And... Well, yeah, you've seen me. I was hugging, hugging my eldest not 10 minutes ago. trying to. Well, plus he's going to go to college. so. Yes. Yeah, i got to get all my hugs in now because I'll never see him again come August. <laughs> So that's a little bit different here. So in Australia, sometimes you can live at home and go to university. Yeah. So people, if they went in the city, then they would just travel home. That's right. But people don't do that here. Even, I mean, even if he plans on going to to school in Atlanta, he's like, no, I got to live on campus. Like I got to immerse myself in the whole experience. Mom, I'll need an extra seventeen thousand dollars to <laughs> to do that. And I'm like, you, like you can live at home for free. You understand that, right? No one does, right? Nobody does. I don't know anybody whose kids do it. And some kids go to Kennesaw. And they live on campus, and Kennesaw is literally less than 15 minutes away from my doorstep. I, mean, I can't fathom that you would pay that much money for your kid to just be 15 minutes away, but people do it. So, oh, I say so all the time, I've got to really stop that. But <laughs> with college, because you're going through the college process, mm. and I, it's so foreign to me, mm. uh, And but you're learning about it. It was probably foreign to you this time last year. Yeah, huh? The the boarding component or the, the living component, mm-hmm. can you get a student loan for that or does that have to be yeah, separate? No, no. Yeah, you can get a student loan. They, I don't think they specify what you can and can't use your student loans for. I mean, you could get a student loan just for pot and you know prostitutes if you want, which I'm sure happens quite a bit. It is college after all. But um, <laughs> no, there's no restrictions. I know. Like for us, we have the HEX scheme, which just goes directly to the uni, right? You yes. don't ever touch the you cash. You don't ever touch the cash. Yeah, they cut your check. They cut <laughs> your check, like, right. So you them. might never go to college exactly, ever. Exactly. You could like get your 20 grand for the year and head exactly. off to Bali surfing sure. which when i drive around and see all the mm. banners about the high school seniors and where they're going to college mm-hmm. i just want to see one banner that says 
going surfing yeah or yeah. off to bali That's or right. trekking in south america uh-huh mexico they don't take gap years they here. don't take gap no, years no not no not a single kid's taking this very much churn them through get them into uni get them out and they all do second degrees well pretty much i mean yeah, a lot of around kids here do yes, second degrees yeah. I, yeah i would agree with that and so they they do three years of college, which I mean four you're, uh, four. four years of so your son is particularly talented and very smart. Yeah, he's good looking too. <laughs> <laughs> and he has already completed like eighteen months of college accredited yeah, courses, which is a very cool aspect of living here that they offer that. I do think that that's something we didn't have back home, as far as I can remember. No, you just high school is high school, and yeah. university was university. Yeah. So he can then take that time off going to college he can yeah depending on what college he goes to they accept certain courses that he's already taken so if he goes locally he can has a credit for a year and a half but if he goes out of state they maybe won't accept quite as much of that credit he's 16 and he's a college he's a a high school senior yeah so he's going to be 17 when he goes to college yeah he's turning 17 next month so wow yeah that's pretty full-on it is pretty full on, especially if he goes to Colombia. <laughs> You're trying to ship him off to the other side of the country. Well, I think you should go to Colombia. I'm on his team for that. I know. I think that's basically because you want to go up there and visit him and stay in the dorms and like have somewhere <laughs> no, to stay. I don't. No, I just okay. think that he really wants to go. And I know he does. Yeah. It's his scene. Yeah, it is his scene. I think he'd have a great time. But I think he'd have a great time no matter where he goes. Yes, yeah, no, he's that kind of person. Yeah. He can yeah. Enjoy. And your younger son is in what grade? He's in grade four right now. Grade four. So mm-hmm. he's about to hit the big grade five. I know. And then middle school. So you've got like quite a big gap. So you can focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> so <have> yeah. you... <laughs> Meaning the little one will get ignored till I get done parenting this big one. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but are you good at like high school math now? Or No, I've never... <laughs> I honestly, the last time I've done any homework with these children was grade four, uh, when my eldest was in grade four. So however many years ago, long division, I had to look something up on YouTube, how to do long division. Oh, I look at YouTube all the time. That was the last time I ever did homework with any of them. Oh, see, sixth grade English language arts, I'm finding very challenging. Oh, really? Reflexive pronouns. I don't Um, remember learning about them. No, I don't even know what those words mean. And so I sit down and I say, okay, what's your homework? Because my son needs someone to sit with him while he does it. Yeah. make sure he does every question mm-hmm. and he'll say it's reflexive pronouns i'll say great let <laughs> me just go google there. that <laughs> i know yeah no well i don't do it but i watch him i was sure. like is that right i don't know i don't know okay let's go yeah no thankfully my kids are kind of take the initiative to do all that stuff and they want to do well they're, they're people pleasers like their mother so oh you see my daughter's like that i would never see her homework even though she's in second grade she gets it and she just doesn't yeah, all just get it done. whereas he my son is like mm, no couldn't care less. he doesn't care yeah. but he cares when he gets his marks but sure. he doesn't care when he's doing it he's not making the connection between and I see, the work but you've got to understand the other day he said, Mum, I've got a new goal. I said, what's that? He said, I would like to do a Tough mutter." Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, buddy, you know you just can't go out and do a Tough mutter." Yeah. I said, do you know how hard it is? I said, I've run a marathon and I'm scared of Tough mutter." Yeah. I was like, it's a lot of training and sure. it's really hard and you have to be very strong. And mm-hmm. But you do it with a team mm-hmm. and so you're all supportive. Uh-huh. 
he's like, yeah, but I see these videos on YouTube. So before the gaming videos on YouTube, they put in Tough Mudder ads. Oh, I see. How freaky is that? They're trying to recruit the gaming people to Tough Mudder. Yeah, I don't know who you set up their marketing for that one. That's probably not your audience. I think that's not their target audience. No, no. You don't think that the YouTube ads are geared to your search history and because you were searching like workout clothes, maybe. (laughs) Oh, you think, oh, oh, now you're stereotyping me right there. Well, okay. No, but you know, I don't think they are because it's his like he has his own google account or wherever so he says but he said to me it says the people say it makes you feel more confident and better about yourself and being fit i was like buddy uh, we're we're here for you just we'll find out when the next tough mother is (laughs) and your little 12 year old self will (laughs) We'll take you along to watch it. That's right. I think that's a then good start. Then after you watch it, yes. then we can discuss Very what good. you want to do. Tough Very good. Oh, well, I like that he has big aspirations. But he comes up with these ideas, like, out of nowhere. The other day, he, he like he wants to start a Dungeons & Dragons group. I think that's a great idea. So I went on every Facebook, East Cobb Facebook group mm-hmm. I could find. A lot of helpful people. Very Good. helpful. Good. I found the East Cobb Facebook groups quite helpful. Yeah, i got to admit. I do. As well them. as highly entertaining at times. Oh, sure, yeah. Do you get into immunizations and all that kind of topic? Essential oils are also a big oh topic. Oh, my gosh. What is, a, what is up with everybody in the essential oils right now? Like, if you have a pimple on you, just apply some essential oil to your big toe and it'll go away. Like, I do not... Everybody seems obsessed. It is a big deal. The essential oils. Was this a thing in Australia? Do you remember that being a thing? I don't know if it's a thing. But that's what the thing I think. All the things here, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. That's so American. (laughs) And then I think, well, maybe it's not so American. Maybe not, yeah. Like, I think Thermomix is a little bit crazy. Sure, I do too. I do. And that's why I think it would go off here. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But naturopathy, naturopathy? That's quite big in Australia. It's huge in Australia, but you don't see that here. And I would have thought that everybody would be all over that here, but apparently not. No, which is strange because people like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and all those places are kind of along that line, those lines. Throw some money at it. Don't actually do any hard work. Just throw some money at the problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Really it, expensive and super ineffective seems to be a good good selling feature here. <laughs> like those things seem to sell well. But it's just, it's so, like it's, I find it very different. I find it much more consumer driven. Yes. And because there is such a large number of people who can buy things. Yeah. And so you can get things you produce more things Absolutely. more cheaply. So yeah. people buy things and then they throw them away. Mm-hmm. Like when I arrived here, I had one bag of Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. just one bag. <laughs> I just, the other day I went to my storage room in my basement and I found four large boxes of Christmas decorations. Exactly. Yeah. Lights and things that I have to have uh-huh. because all my neighbors have them exactly and my children are like why don't we have as much stuff as everybody else i said we we just got here so Mm -hmm. one christmas we can buy one extra thing next Mm -hmm. christmas we can buy one extra thing i said we can't buy it all every year don't worry you'll catch up to the joneses it's (laughs) just gonna take time it'll take time i don't and then i left the lights on my trees in my front yard because i hate winter 
So I think it's nice at night to have lights on the tree. I think it's really pretty. I love some fairy And everyone lights. says, you Christmas lights are still up. I said, they're not Christmas lights, they're fairy lights. Yes. And they're staying up until spring. Good. No, year round. They're going to grow into the trunk of the tree. People said, slow down at my driveway and yell out, hey, take down your Christmas lights. No. <laughs> People I know. Oh, okay. But I'm like, you know what? They're not Christmas lights, they're fairy lights. That's right. And I'm keeping them up. Yeah. Don't hate me because my house is beautiful. It depends on the neighborhood you live in as well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of a thing around yeah. here. The lawn is, fascinates me. The, the, the grass dies. It goes brown in winter. Well, it's the zoysia grass, and it's a particular brand of grass, and a genetically modified brand of grass. That it looks like a, a golf course in the summer, but as soon as it gets below, you know, 60 degrees, or if it gets above 90 degrees, which, you know, that's nine months out of the year here, it goes brown and dormant. So it's so strange. It's very it, strange. I, I must mm. say, when we came to look at houses, we came from South Africa mm. in January. Oh, wow. So it was boiling hot there and freezing cold here. Mm-hmm. And we're driving around, I was like, oh, this is so grim, because like, everything's brown. Yeah. The yeah. trees are brown, all the, because people put these the pine straw, like yeah, instead yeah. of having a garden bed, like they can have like a pine straw they yard. They cover up their dirt with things. With things. Mulch yeah. Things. So, yeah. and I said to my husband, I was like, well, at least we're seeing it at the worst time of the year because true, yeah. we're looking at houses and I was like, it's so depressing because mm-hmm. everything's brown. brown and the sky's gray and, yeah. and that's why I kept my my light fairy lights up keep it a little bit festive but as soon as spring springs oh it's beautiful the bulbs and the i love spring all the mexicans come out (laughs) do everybody's yard for them and they plant the annuals which i don't understand why you would plant plants that are just going to die in six weeks from now that seems like a waste of money to me but people Every, like people do it. People like have their garden replanted multiple times over the course of the summer. And there's also a thing like at a certain time of year, you have to have chrysanthemums on your doorstep. Yes, yeah, you go. So, and then you go to the supermarket and everyone's selling chrysanthemums and if you have a front porch you've got to have a boston fern hanging from a chain on the front porch it's like it's, it's there's just all the it's all these sort of traditions yeah. i guess that i don't understand yeah, but i either. just like i'm fascinated by uh-huh. them and they're surrounding me uh-huh. and i don't know if it's is it the south is it is it atlanta is it east cobb is it what is it but yeah. people are very you know Sheep-like? <laughs> oh, no, no. Proud of traditions. That's what you're trying to say, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's proud of traditions. That's what you're trying to say. I was going to say, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> and the other thing is that some neighborhoods have HOAs <gasps> yes. that tell you what you can and can't do. I Yeah. Someone in our neighborhood had to change their whole garden because they had wood chips put down that were the wrong color. Oh, my God. They were orangey brown, not brown or something i can't remember but they i've heard a lot of horror stories about hoas that just come around and say Mm -hmm. no yeah no you cannot cut down that tree because of xyz i've heard a lot of that being in the city of atlanta you can't cut down your trees but yeah but you can't cut down trees in sydney i mean that's a big thing trees in sydney is huge okay i didn't really and especially people put copper nails in them because they're blocking their view of the hub of water and stuff so they put copper nails in to kill the trees to kill the trees so there's a huge huh there's a like a like there's like a detective group that go around oh my god (laughs) catching homeowners who do stuff like that oh my god 
That's crazy. Just but I know your HOA mm. can be very quite specific. So, mm-hmm. you know, the color you paint your house. Yes. And your mailbox. You can have mail- a certain type of mailbox, which I've never been anywhere before. Like mailboxes are such a big deal here. They are a big deal. And they're also seasonal because you can have covers for oh, your mailbox. Oh, this is true. Yes. And you must have a wreath on your mailbox at Christmas time. The wreaths on the mailbox. And then also in, at Halloween, you hang a pumpkin on there. And so I, the, the house that the, where you drive into our neighborhood is is festive and it's perfect because they're right at the entrance to our neighborhood so whenever i go in i know when the next season is approaching because (laughs) they're already way ahead of you they're ahead of me there's a spring wreath there's a valentine's day wreath there's halloween decorations there's um autumn when it's fall you know there's a fall thing the thanksgiving thing labor day independence day like everything our neighborhood no our neighborhood has like patriotic flags that go up on our clubhouse and surrounds wow. like special flags for uh what, what's the first memorial day memorial and, day huh and um oh it's it's big the yeah, whole I thing it's that. it's like just i always think the time and money that went into decorating your clubhouse if you had actually volunteered for a soup kitchen or something and given that money to the homeless children or bought some books for a, like but a children's you know, hospital. i have to say the people in my neighborhood do that as well really oh that's good they do I, it's very it's very community minded and nice. there's a lot of people who are very involved in those mm-hmm. kind of activities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i i hear what you say about the stereotype and i own the parts of it that i am yeah and i probably am not as involved as they are but i do other things in other areas sure yeah i i, I fit into the stereotype myself and you know especially when i was a stay-at-home mother i was that mother doing the tennis and the all the other things. But, but did you feel that you were stereotyped? Oh, no, no, I was I was to yourself. It was, every day was like an anthropological experiment, <laughs> just like watching just how, like how far the stereotype could go. But I was there, I was, and I kind of enjoyed some of the aspects of it. Well, once you get into the community, everybody knows all the other teams and yeah, they're like trash talking, like so-and-so shouldn't be playing, she should be at B1 and not C8 and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But yeah, but again, that becomes a topic of conversation that that's all you talk about is tennis when you're at tennis and, you know. Yeah, well, that's like you're saying you go running and you exactly. talk about running and exactly. nutrition yeah. and things yeah. like that. So. Things of that nature. So it's great. It keeps it away from politics and religion, and, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Which you never want to talk no, about. No, Not that they, you know, they often try to bring that into the conversation, but I kind of dance around and get out of it. Well, thanks very much, Rachel. It's my pleasure for joining us and providing your very special insight into <laughs> East Cobb. I feel like essentially I just trashed East Cobb, but I mean, beautiful place. Move here. It's fabulous. Love You'll love it. Highly recommend it. Well, thanks. <laughs> Good luck with your move. Thanks so much. <laughs> Rachel has bought a house downtown and will be moving over the summer. East Cobb will surely miss her. I know I will. The show notes on the website do have a link to a tongue-in-cheek review of a Thermomix for those of you wondering what one is. The essential kitchen device that we were discussing during our conversation. 
Again, I would love to get any feedback that you have on the conversations that I'm having, Rachel's story and the ESCOB stereotype. You can check in with the Facebook page, Stories Not Stereotypes, or on the web at storiesnotstereotypes.com. Today's episode is again brought to you by the magical hands of Dr. Donna Anaselli at ESCOB Active Release. Donna is a specialist in chiropractic care, active release techniques, and massage therapy. If you have a tennis elbow, a CrossFit niggle, or another type of sports or any kind of other injury, Donna can treat it. She can be found at eastcobactiverelease.com or on the web or eastcobactiverelease on Facebook. Check it out. She knows her stuff. Next time on Stories Not Stereotypes, the East Cobb Chronicles, we meet our first East Cobb family, a group interview. Wonder what they've got to say? Come back and listen in. Thanks. Bye.